0: Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes, 45 for patrons jam packed with news of the day from perspective of truth, liberty and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Our top story. President Trump was acquitted in his second impeachment trial. But I think the drama may must may just be beginning. There's Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi wants to establish a commission to find out the truth of what happened. And I'll I'll never forget. Ron Paul says the commissions are there to cover things up. This actually might be the opposite. This might be there to create a story, create a narrative, to write the history that they want to always look back about the time that America went fascist or however they're going to make this. The iconography has to be in place. The media images, the narrative itself. And this will feel very much like a historical document, and it will probably be full of absolute lies. A couple of other things that they want to do is want to, she suggested, have more security for lawmakers. And that was a big red flag for me because more security, if you have a very small number of lawmakers, 500 or whatever it is in there to represent a country of 300 something million, It seems to me that if you can lock them in a building and make sure that they cannot get in or out, but cannot communicate in or out, that could make it easier for a coup. And I know, like, I've had this idea that the whole Q thing was that there were military deep staters who were battling Obama holdover deep staters all in the service of Trump. But Trump was the president then, now I feel like all that their military insiders trying to trade, change this country. Now that might be a recipe for an actual coup. So I have to wonder when they've got people locked in the, you know, security can work both ways.
1: And Yeah, when you p- think about the things. way that they're kind of demonizing people in the military who were involved in the, quote, insurrection, that's going to push them further and make them. More, I'm not saying that they would do that, but it would make it more likely if that for that situation to arise.
0: It's. Absolutely. Follow on from this two sided thing that we were talking about last week. One is, as you pointed out, they're searching for domestic terrorists within the ranks of the military. And that goes to my next little tidbit here. But I also noticed with the Mike Lindell, my pillow guy, absolute proof video that it wrapped at the end with a guy who said these are just old like retired military retired FBI whatever saying that the reason that there's been no investigation into election fraud is that or election irregularities is that the FBI is so infiltrated by corrupt Kind of deep state type, so now we have this tension of what's really going on behind the scenes in those halls of power. So I just I think that's a little bit of a flag. Who knows? But when you say more security floor makes, I mean the Capitol Police is three thousand cops strong in like one building basically, and that's just the beginning. And then the other thing, which goes with uh, with some of of. What we were just talking about the naacp and the secretary of the department of homeland security so not actually the dhs are suing trump giuliani the proud boys and the oath keepers under the 1871 ku klux klan act and and saying that they were trying to stop the election certification which of course they weren't it would be absolutely great to see that in court because you could tell that that they weren't trying to stop the election certification as a matter of fact If they had not been there at all, then we would have a very different outcome. Is that the
1: grounds of it that that they were trying to stop the certification? That's, That's the that's what they're saying. The Democrats did that in 2016. Same thing.
0: I what did they do?
1: They did the same thing. They object. They objected to the electoral. The votes.
0: I think that that, like, filing for impeachment and stuff happens all the time. Yeah. This is the NAACP and the Secretary of Department of Homeland Security suing under the 1871 KKK Act. I think that, it yeah. is part of painting this. These are the racists. These are right. the Nazis. The history, it's going. Yeah. It's really, it, I, you know, because I want to look forward to see what is what's coming down the chute. And it's it's clear that this is the dysfunctional subculture. It's being described in a certain way. It's being portrayed in a certain way. Even if everybody in it is uh, is agents provocateur, we are getting a message and everything here that from the commission to the lawsuit is there to feed that narrative. And the Oath Keepers is part of that. The Oath Keepers are the insiders who, who pledge an oath to the Constitution. And that was a feature of early Q stuff. The digital soldiers' oath, they pledge an oath to the Constitution. Now, pledging an oath to the Constitution is a flag. It's a flag. And this and that, uh, Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell are starting a Restore the Republic pack, And their idea is that they're going to support Republicans in the primaries who want to restore Want to uphold the Constitution? That sounds great to me. I used to. I had a f- sign in D.C. that said "Restore the Constitution," but I think that's a flag for this Q, you know, Q coup thing going on. Yeah, and uh, they were and doing then, that
1: on Telegram, right? Yeah.
0: Yes, and then there'd be a uh, there's a battle. I think there's going to be a battle coming because at the exact same time, McConnell said that he want Mitch McConnell said that he wants to wade into the primary. Uh, fights yeah. to make sure that the Republicans who can actually win get in there. Yeah. So Sidney Powell was banned from Twitter and they she announced this pack on Telegram, which I thought was kind of funny,
1: which I learned over the weekend that Telegram is actually known, at least the way it's written about in liberal media. It's known as a app for QAnon people. QAnon centered app, which I found that interesting. That definitely makes some of the Lynn Wood messages he's sending out make, make more sense when you think about that. And speaking of these apps, Elon Musk sent out a message to the Kremlin <laughs> and he. He said for, he asked if Putin would join him on the Clubhouse app for a conversation. And then he tweeted out in Russian that he would be honored if Putin would do so. And the the Kremlin is saying that they are intrigued. Just found that interesting. Elon Musk is very active on Twitter. I've never even heard of Clubhouse. Clubhouse is a new app. I, well, I don't know how new it is to them, but it's an app that is exclusive. It's invite only. And you and I will never be on it, ever. (laughs) I think it's it's wealthier rich people. Yeah, it's probably like one of those dating sites where only the the super rich of the rich are allowed to get in.
0: Well, it could be. It could actually, who knows, maybe it was established or founded or funded by the Salesforce guy or World Economic Forum so that people can have a hotline to what the narrative is without us being able to scrutinize it. That
1: is a great point. He did talk, the Salesforce guy did talk during that, conversation we deconstructed about how super powerful people and CEOs have been meeting for over a year every single week, creating these ideas and these policies. So they might very well be doing it on Clubhouse. Over the weekend, speaking of impeachment, Brian Stelter of Reliable Sources, most unreliable source on television, was getting reactions to Trump's acquittal which obviously they weren't happy about. But he had Democrat Congresswoman Sarah Jacobs on. And when he asked her what her reaction to the impeachment was, she said that America needs to establish a truth commission. And she worded it like this. She said, we haven't done the reckoning with racial injustice and white supremacy of our past that we need to do. So a truth commission is a community all the way up to the national level, having these conversations about the gory and the glory of American history and what happened both throughout our history in America and leading up to and on January 6th. So, she wants to create this commission to investigate all of history leading up to January 6th so that we can come to a common narrative moving forward of what we want our country to be. That goes right to what you were saying a moment ago, creating this history, controlling this history that the future generations understand.
0: I saw that truth commission thing before January 6th or around that time. AOC promoted that.
1: They do it in other countries. She brought that. They go to Africa. She brought up Africa specifically. South Africa,
0: like apartheid South Africa. She just said Africa. I think it was. I think that does rebel. So
1: they're creating narratives worldwide with these truth commissions. That's why they brought her on, because she has experience with this in other countries. And Seltzer followed that up by bringing back uh, Van Jones' term, White Lash, He said that the impeachment trial, first of all, he said it's just starting. It's the beginning of holding Trump accountable. And he said that this is about a whitelash. This is about a Christian-American backlash to a changing country. And none of it is going away, even though the trial is over and even though one phase of Trump is over. So, again, we have the Christian theme coming up in the news being lumped together with Trumpism, QAnon and being demonized.
0: How's a person to know what to believe in this uh, uh Yes this crazy? Mainstream media is hard to decipher what the real truth is. Yeah, it really is. We need a lesson. We need we need a, a guidepost.
1: Of we need to, like uh, somebody to teach us and tell us how to decipher it. How
0: to decipher the media.
1: Like Rand Corporation is doing that, now. that
0: would be a great that would be a great one. That's exactly who I would look for to see what is the real truth behind the mainstream of media. Of
1: course, of course. So Rand Corporation just published media literacy standards to help public schools educate children about how to analyze the news, how to know who to trust, who not to trust, how to not get fooled by disinformation in an environment where, you know, the former president can make such outlandish claims like there was election fraud. And that's the context in which this was presented. And I'll give you one. Uh, we'll do like maybe one every other day, one of the standards, because it is pretty a uh, lengthy document. The first one, the first standard that they set out, and this is a project called Truth Decay that they're working on. Hmm. And it's a, that's a phenomenon that Rand says, a diminishing role of facts, data, and analysis are playing in our political and civil discourse. But the first thing the project teaches is what's called lateral reading. Lateral reading. This is when a student finds an unfamiliar website. They should not spend time trying to analyze the information. Instead, they should find what other trusted sources are saying about this news source. <laughs> not even the content. Wow. But what other trusted publications are saying about this news source says lateral reading encourages students to recognize that they don't know everything and to rely on experts when appropriate. Recognize so- the limitations of one's own knowledge. So this is there should be a ministry of truth or uh, realities are
0: (laughs) we'll fold right into this. All of these words.
1: Yeah. Realities are truth commission. It's very Orwellian.
0: Yes, it certainly is. And I think that it's it is a sign of things to come. I mean, we are definitely entering into the high censorship phase.
1: Speaking of or- Orwellian and censorship, Microsoft is urging the United States to adopt a Google Facebook revenue sharing program that has been used in Australia. And this would it's a proposal that would require Internet gatekeepers to share revenue with local news organizations. And this should be done to protect democracy. So, what this entails is the local news organizations like, say, AJC maybe or Miami Herald, these organizations that are already involved in the Google News initiatives, which already look like CNN and other networks anyway, they would be paid for their stories to be promoted. on. So, instead of them paying they would be paid to be in certain positions. So this is controlling, yeah, controlling the local level. You're not going to pay somebody to put their news story right there and then let them report what they want.
0: That goes right with the Rand thing is that it, you're if it's not going to pass the lateral reading test, it does yeah. not get promoted by yes, Facebook. I mean, exactly. all this stuff is just going to be I mean, you thought it was an echo chamber before. It certainly is now. And that doesn't just extend to like media. It's it is even entertainment type stuff is just all propaganda and brainwashing at this point. I mean, yeah, I, can I was, barely
1: watch anything. Totally. It's hard to watch. It really is. It's painful to watch, but. People are watching stuff simply because they have nothing to do while things are still shut down. I was thinking about the power of Netflix as a propaganda channel over the weekend and Amazon and all those other streaming services too, but Netflix specifically in this situation. Because I, I was watching this show that I did not want to watch, but I, I'll tell you why I watched it in a second. And then I t- started talking to people and I found that everybody I talked to had also seen this show. And then I saw people tweeting about the show on Twitter. I'm like, what? Everybody's watching the same I didn't watch the show the first time I saw it. I tried not to watch the show because I saw I said it looks stupid. Then they changed the image on there. They put a hot chick on there. And I go, okay, I'll read this, you know, the summary of it because of that and then I'll watch two minutes of it. I didn't like it. And then it kept pushing it through the the square promotion. They have a rectangular promotion that gives a big picture. They put that in your face. Then they have the top ten. Then they have the trending, and they keep putting the same stuff in front of you over and over again until I just gave up and said, I guess I have to watch this show in order to get them to stop shoving it in my face. So I did. And they don't shove it in my face anymore. And apparently other people, it worked out the same way. And that's a powerful thing right there, because when you can make somebody who tried hard not to watch a show, watch the show anyway, simply to kind of get rid of it. You can pump culture down people's throats. You can put themes in these movies, in these documentaries, just like the news puts themes in the media. But when the news, when we're reading the news, we have a little bit of a critical eye. But, uh, media, for the most part, we are in a state of, we're not, in what they call system two thinking, which is the cognitive effort to kind of analyze stuff. We're more in system one, chill out, things. So we're more vulnerable. So, it's the more indirect method. So, if they want to put these ideals and these themes, and they pump them in there, they just they, they put them on Netflix, you watch it, and then here's what happens after you watch it. You see it on Twitter, and then you search it, because a lot of them are documentaries. And you go, oh, is this true? I wonder what the real story behind it is. So, you start searching it on Google, and then it rises to the top of the search engines there, giving it more exposure, the same theme. And then, what happens when you search it on Google is you get Articles about the show that's like what this show nails about racism in America, what this show got wrong about gender equality in America. So, all of these same themes are coming up in the articles written about the show. Sometimes the headlines aren't like that, it's just buried in the content. An example of this was over the weekend, I watched the Cecil Hotel. The Cecil Hotel is a documentary about a woman who was traveling and she ended up going to LA and she stayed in the Cecil Hotel, which is a historic hotel that has a lot of darkness to it, a lot of ghost stories there, and and a lot of unsolved mysteries that happen there, because it's right there in the part of LA where it's like the most violent part of Los Angeles. And this woman is named Alyssa Lamb. She was a Canadian student, 21 years old. She went missing in the hotel under mysterious circumstances and was later found dead. But she never left the hotel, and there's this weird, strange video of her in the elevator. One of the creepiest things you've ever seen. But what happens, ultimately, not to ruin it for you, is... The main takeaway of what is otherwise an intriguing story that gets ruined by the fact that they're pushing these political themes. The main takeaway from the docuseries is that conspiracy theorists are terrible they're wrong they hamper investigations that real police get involved in and they cause an innocent man to attempt suicide because they ganged up on him and accused him of a murder he did not commit and then the conspiracy theorists kind of to wrap up the series come out and say we know we were wrong meddling in this and jumping to conclusions we know we should have just accepted the truth that we were told we should have accepted the truth we were told they kept hammering that theme and then the other the other push was mental health and bipolar we need to have the government come Come in and save all these bipolar people who are in downtown Los Angeles committing violent crimes and people who are going to this hotel. So, the political themes ruin the show, but it's just like the, the media propaganda. It's, it's crazy how powerful that stuff is.
0: I can barely watch entertain, so-called entertainment anymore because it is so full of propaganda. I really cannot stand it. And it's gotten to the point where even, you know, this is something that I noticed about the insurrection coverage and, um, and now I'm, I'm seeing some of these economic policies unfold in the wake of COVID and they say, they like make a statement. They act like this is their, the people are calling for this or, um, that this is what happened and never. That's why these lawsuits never really come to pass, I think, because they know that in a real court of law, they would have to prove it. And that's not going to work. Like, actually, one story I saw reminds me of that, that workers comp claims are way, way down because covid closed so many covid policy was responsible for closing so many stores. And then that. Uh, So people weren't working, so they didn't have on-the-job injuries. But the workers' comp claims for people who said they got COVID on the job are not getting paid out because they can't prove it. People cannot prove that. So this is why insurance, (laughs) as a general rule, is pretty helpful in that it keeps people honest, whereas when it's the government doing that stuff, there is no pushback. So I always think that's kind of interesting. But I have a bunch of like kind of economic stuff that I noticed or I should say like real meaty policy stuff. Now that Trump's not in office, there's so much less of the kind of like he said, she said kind of fun drama, but it frees up a lot of time to actually think about what some of these policies are and and how that happens, you know, what, how it's going to impact us. And one of the things where they just act like this is a problem that needs to be solved and it completely isn't it's totally hijacked by the by the chain restaurants in DC they made so uh, it made it so that waiters and waitresses had to get $15 an hour instead of like $2 an hour. You get $2 an hour plus you get tips. And there I just read something that said uh, tipped workers get $19 to $25 an hour including tips. So they're already making way more than that. They came out and forced to object to this law in D.C. But, they, but the law remained and ta- it's terrible. So Biden wants to do that starting now with like a $5 tipped wage to $15 within five years years, it will totally destroy waitressing. The the prices will go up, any kind of tips the 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 restaurant will take, and then just pay the people $15 an hour, but it doesn't even matter because so many of those jobs will just be gone forever because human beings are like these dirty, filthy, unwashed, you know, it's like that is going to be a big problem, and you can just see this is something I've been highlighting for years, and now they blame COVID because... Uh, they're putting it hand in hand with restaurant and bar relief in the COVID package. A lot of this stuff is buried in the COVID package that's coming, the $2 trillion COVID package. So people should keep an eye out of uh, for that. And then there were a couple of other jobs-related things, if you want to hear them, better yeah, COVID. Sir. I mean, it's a little dry, but... So there, there's, uh, there was an article in the journal today that jobs remain unfulfilled because immigration restrictions, uh, are leading to uh, jobs being, which cannot or will not be filled by Americans and go to immigrants, they are remaining unfulfilled because Americans won't take them. And I will tell you, this is another thing I've been talking about for absolute years. And it makes me crazy. The reason Americans can't or won't, quote, take those jobs if they're not qualified and it's kind of the higher level visa, it's because of indiscriminate school loans. They do not discriminate against whether to give you jazz theory loan loans for your jazz theory degree or your computer programming degree. Like they do not discriminate against that. And it creates this heavily indebted, totally um, workforce unfriendly batch of college grads year after year. And then what people who won't, the won't comes from universal basic income, comes from the welfare floor. I saw one study years ago, people might've seen this at a Connecticut, maybe it wasn't perfect, but it said something like there's a $40,000 welfare floor. Like if you can get welfare, you're not going to work unless you can get a job that pays $40,000. So illegal immigration is there to fill the jobs that the system from overcompensating uh, or from over-indebting students to uh, eliminating, to compensating people for not working more than for working, that is why... There's a demand for immigrant labor and there wouldn't be if there wasn't so much screwed up in the in the other policies from and minimum wages included in that. If you're talking about illegal immigrants who are just going to come and work off the books for you. And then the last thing that I noticed that was so obviously like a covid policy intended, it would be an intention of covid policy. I thought from the beginning that the zombie banks, the bad banks in Europe, especially Italy and Spain, were going to be totally uh, swept under the rug because of COVID and low. They have a lot of like really tight labor restrictions over there. So in Europe. So what they do is uh, they can't fire people. They can't close down shops. Well, now because of COVID, European banks are getting approvals for merging they're slashing jobs in the tens of thousands they're shutting banks they're forcing customers online all this stuff is supposedly because of COVID but it was already all there like this is the crisis that I kind of expected in 2019 or 2020 uh, or certainly 2020 or 2021 and, uh, and I continue to think that all COVID policy is related to the 2008 can kicking from way back when and I think we have another you know time for another story or two before or um we give a little shout out to our sponsors. What do you got?
1: yeah, to what you're just talking about, I've seen some stuff in the news about fear that this rise in Bitcoin and more companies that are accepting Bitcoin as a currency could cause some real destabilization in the the financial markets that that's that's been something the past couple of days ever since Elon Musk invested those one fifty billion and then now more companies are starting to accept it today. There's-
0: It's not just the Bitcoin stuff. I just read something today about how high yield bonds are priced at like below 4%, which is crazy. There's that GameStop thing. There's an article about how all these little guys lost big money. There was that thing about Ant and Alibaba last week where all these investors ponied up and they don't know where their money is going to be because the thing got canceled. All this stuff feels very market top. Very unstable, very volatile people being set up for the fall. I agree with you there.
1: Yeah. My favorite story of the day is that Dr. Fauci has won a $1 million Israeli-based Dan David Prize for, quote, Courageously defending science in the face of uninformed opposition during the challenging COVID crisis. Congratulations, Dr. Fauci, for your $1 million for lying to the American public, contradicting yourself and confusing everybody for the past year.
0: Israel is absolutely on the front lines, getting their people to take those vaxes. And they were having like anti-testing site terrorism and stuff. I mean, they are really, there are really? people who are against it. Yeah. So I'd like to know the inside scoop of what's going on over there. But um, so, but we, and, and I do have the, I think the biggest story of the day is what is really going on with this Texas storm and uh, why it matters I'll tell you about that. And in the patron 15, I have to tell you, I called my mother and she told me she was reading. You're going to love it. What my mother is reading. And uh, I want to hear about Trump's drive by. And the other Trumpian did a another Trumpian who did a cameo. I want to hear about that. And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. It is libertygear.net you probably know this person is probably your if you're a patron saint or if you uh frequent the dpps you probably know this is maybe everybody's favorite patron saint certainly the life of the party (laughs) at the dpps but he's also libertygear.net a very big supporter of propaganda reports so if you want to support um the show support our greatest supporters and while you're doing it you are definitely going to get a chuckle because libertygear.net has funny irreverent products such as masks that tell it like it is there's a very adorable lysander spooner t-shirt but i will tell you i have a personal testimonial in that i needed a my son who has down syndrome is very hard to shop for he just doesn't want things so I worked with our friend at libertygear.net and he crafted a picture so my son wants to be a werewolf hunter so he got (laughs) some he has access to a lot of graphic art they got a picture of somebody who's like in you know leather with a bow and arrows long hair and you know a little bit like the witcher and they very seamlessly photoshopped my son's face into this so now he's got a t-shirt where he's the werewolf (laughs) hunter and so not only he loves it but but my mom, of course, has one. She, she was got one. A George, the friendly truck driver, he just loves so proud to have a nephew with Down syndrome. So he wears it around. It's really funny, and it was just a fun way to make like a customized gift. And they, it would—I don't even think cost any more than just a regular a T-shirt. But they worked with me. I didn't have to give it another thought. I really liked that, and uh, and I really, we really love. This patrons. So help us support LibertyGear.net.
1: That makes me think of an image I have from when I was a kid. I don't remember where we got it, but I think it was in Hollywood at Disneyland. Yeah, it's Rambo one and it's Rambo. He's just ripped and he's in the jungle. He's got his gun. And then the same thing. You can cut Rambo's face out and have your face put on it. So it's me as a kid looking goofy with a Rambo body.
0: Oh, that's great. And I think Cam, (laughs) our friend from the Mad Ones, has a Trump as Rambo picture. And it used to be Ronbo when I was growing up. It was Ronald Reagan. So I'm sure (laughs) LibertyGear.net can make you your own Ronbo slash. Ranbo, I guess Donbo. <laughs> would be the Donald. So, But you can not only support us by supporting LibertyGear.net, you can support us by supporting us. You can go to Patreon.com slash report. You can get all of our premium content, all of our commercial free content, and this would be a great week to select a premium tier, because this Friday is the VIP DPP, which is smaller, more intimate, people have more chance to interact. The most fun, apparently, is on the side, in the chat, not just us being silly up front but uh that is for patrons of the truth friends of the show and patron saints so if you want to participate in this friday go for it if you want to have a live on-air shout out or be invited to a patron saint zoom party where everybody's on screen interacting that's pretty fun those are for patron saints Uh, you can also get a shout out for your product or service or a charity that you like. The shout outs are good and people actually like them. So we do not cut that out for the commercial free content. And some tiers even get propaganda reports swag. So I just reached out to a new patron saint today offering him some of our mugs or t-shirts just as a little token of our appreciation. And If you are a Rockfin subscriber or aspire to be a Rockfin subscriber, we will give you a rock bottom discount on being a patron saint where it's basically only costs $1 more to get uh, $10 worth of Rockfin stuff. It's a little, you got to jump through a couple of hoops, but we can make that happen if you want. Just uh, message us on patreon.com slash propaganda report. And now... On with the show and our last big story before the Patron 15. And that is, these storms in Texas seem to be totally unnatural to me. And even if they're not, so it reminds me a lot of COVID. So I'm crazy, crazy conspiracy theorist thinking that this could maybe be artificial, artificial. But you know what isn't crazy conspiracy theorists and is a parallel with COVID is that the problem is the policy. The problem is less the storm than the policy. So they're pushing out a lot of rolling blackouts. And from what I can tell, they're saying because they're reaching peak energy and bad things happen, if... If you don't like give blackouts, but it looked to me like the summer peak energy is way higher than this because air conditioning sucks up a lot more and is a lot more like just electricity. So they came out and said, well, you know, we had some some stuff offline because we were revamping for summer. Okay, that sounds very 9-11. Like, oh, <laughs> we're all doing drills. I don't know. And then they said, well, most of those blackouts where people were really suffering were were the were policy decisions. They weren't like blown transformers or anything. And and out in California during wildfire season this year, they did the exact same thing. All of the outages were because of a policy decision. But their argument was that it reduces the wildfire risk, which doesn't make sense. Because when you shut off people's electricity, they get their generators out. They get their candles out. It is not better. And these people are cold. They're not used to being cold. Yeah. It's really sick. And I think what the upshot is, besides just a... Gen- General strategy of tension and terror is that we need a new power grid, a new power grid, because the costs of the failing power grid are devastating. You can look at it from the business side. You can look at it from the people side. It's just terrible. And so what are they going to do with the new power grid? There's one thing I like about it. It's this idea of the prosumer where you're a consumer and a producer. So you have, I don't know if solar panels make sense or not, but the idea would be that you would have that energy generated from your house. And I say, I'm all for that if you then save it. But instead, you have to put it into the grid. So I I feel like it's an opportunity for people to be autonomous, but that's not their vision. What they they do envision, though, with this smart grid technology is they they would justify then a tremendous amount of monitoring of your in and your out and also controlling like they'll shut it down. They say, well, rolling blackout isn't that bad if we can just isolate it down to a street and or you've had your air conditioner on and it looks like you're not home that that would shut down and then uh, And one thing that I thought was pretty funny is that or fortuitous for the people who want to push vaxes. They had to urgently get vaccines into people's arms because the freezers were on the fritz.
1: I hadn't thought about that. That was such a major thing. I wonder if there'll be any backlash to that. Uh, I know. Well,
0: they now you have to feel super guilty and rush into it if you were at all worried about it. So anyway, but today is a is a really fun day. We should end on a fun note, which is that it is Fat Tuesday. This is Mardi Gras. Oh, virtual Mardi Gras. Yeah, there you go. I have have a great hurricane recipe on MonicaMixes.com. And you have to think about what you're going to do for your Lenten sacrifice. Sadly, my diet continues. So with the exception of the DPPs, I am... Going to be off the sauce, but not tonight. So I'm going to have a hurricane. Yeah, It is also Share the Show Tuesday. And so please share the show or even more important, go put a review on iTunes for us. I think we have something like 500 five-star reviews. And and that is the sole reason that people get, I think, that people get suggested. So people who listen to like similar podcasts, if you look like you're a robust thing with a lot of five-star reviews, they we will get suggested to people. And that's really the goal.
1: We have some haters on there, too, since we, we've grown a little bit. But the great reviews and the kind things have definitely. Well, a lot of them are trolls. I,
0: we have yeah. more than 500 reviews. I'm just saying, I think we have 500 five stars. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. that's what I
0: think. So um the last thing I want to tell people about is this Saturday, we are having a live stream at noon Pacific, 3 p.m., Eastern with our friend Adam the Agorist. It is going to be live streamed, so it's going to be one hour of Ask Adam the Agorist. That's going to be at the Propaganda Report YouTube channel. So check that out.
1: You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every week to afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you guys want access to that extra content Monica was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash report and become a patron or rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And join us there. We will talk to y'all in the Patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your Share the Show Tuesday.